when you create something, your heart and soul is in it, really. And then when somebody even buys the original and doesn't put any effort into it, then uh, performs it, you know, whenever you see something, you feel kind of weird because what is he doing with this effect, you know? Welcome back to another episode of the Making Magic Podcast. I'm Sean Jay, your host, and I'm a professional magician, speaker, and 3D designer. And this is all about inspiring interviews with the movers, the shakers, the visionaries, and the makers, the wizards behind the curtain that make the magic for you. Now, if this is your first time tuning into the show, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to watch this stuff. It really does mean a lot to me because this is a labor of love and a project of passion. So if you are as passionate as me about these interviews, go ahead right now, click that red subscribe button down below, give this video a thumbs up, turn on the notification bell, and stay up to date when I release the next interview. And perhaps you're just listening to the sound of our voice on an app like Spotify or the Apple Podcast app, which we just got recently listed in. Just type in Making Magic with S-H-A-U-N-J-A-Y. Sean J spelled that way, or you just type in my name, uh, Sean J, you spell it the same way, and you'll find the show. Maybe you're already a subscriber and have been following me along during this journey, and if you have, that means a whole heck of a lot to me, because that is precisely what motivates me to continue doing these interviews, to bring you the best educational, entertaining, and inspiring content. So with all of that being said, let's learn a little bit more about our next World-renowned across three continents, he's performed his magic in exclusive venues from Europe to Japan to even Australia. He's performed at the internationally famed Magic Castle in Hollywood and also at the world's greatest magic show in Las Vegas. In 2006, he received the Milbourne Christopher Award for the Illusionist of the Year and also notable contributions to the art of magic. Most of his magic creations are handcrafted from wood, and some of them have actually been endorsed and used professionally by David Copperfield in his own show. In the world of magic, there's only one name synonymous with the word levitation, and that name is Lysander. So please enjoy my interview with the one and only Lysander. Check it out. Sander, thank you so much for joining me on Making Magic. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, this is going to be a fun chat here. Hopefully going to inspire a lot of people by this. Now, I always like to start off Making Magic by asking my guests to tell the very first uh, story about something that you created or invented. And this can be something good. This can be something bad. And funny stories are always welcome. So think about that first thing. First thing I, I invented? Yes. Hmm. Well, I mean, there were several little things. I mean, you never plan on inventing anything. You know, that's the first thing. I think you're just working what you do best. And then all of a sudden there's a little problem and then you tweak it a little bit and something comes out of it. That's how it used to always work for me. So uh, 
I mean, I, I started uh, working very often for uh, corporate events. Okay. And uh, so that's where I naturally got most of my ideas from, you know, including the table and all of that stuff. But uh, very early, uh, I was about 18 years old, did a show for, uh, for a photographer and he was part of a trade show and he wanted me to do a show with camera. So I created basically like a, a floating camera based on the zombie principle. Basically looked like a zombie ball, same effect, just that the zombie ball was replaced with a camera. And that worked pretty good. <laughs> client was happy? Yeah, client was very happy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, very, very happy. That's so cool. that was one of my first things I did, I think, if I, if I remember it correctly. Okay. But then there, there are other things happen and some of them I've never really pursued. I, I, I was working all the time with loops and when you make your own loops and you make them black with a marker, you, you figure out that it makes like a little line on, a, on an envelope. Mm -hmm. And uh, then all of a sudden I had the idea of creating a vanishing triangle. So I created with a very thicker material um, a triangle, which I create, uh, which I hooked up with two loops on the side, and had a little, uh, you know, sketch pad, and it was basically in the top part where where usually you tear off the paper. It was hidden in there, and then I had a stencil looked like a triangle, and uh, with that I could pull that thing down, and it looked like a triangle, but it was just a thread, but it appeared like that I was drawing a triangle on a on a pad and then uh, I snapped my fingers and the triangle vanished just like that. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. Oh, so that's uh, like a very left, it's like a crazy, really random application of something where you'd normally never use it for, right? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, pretty oh, much. So, <laughs> so, so the effect was like a moving drawing, but you were, but what you were using to create that effect was something uh, it was an application that nobody would even go. Yeah, basically it was like done by, by a thread and it, it, it vanished, you know, and it could be redone immediately. You did not need to set up nothing. So That's actually I, really... I sold that actually for a while in Germany, but then I never pursued it again. <laughs> so, uh, but maybe this... I will in the future. I don't know. It was pretty good. This is the first time I'm actually hearing this. I think that's, I always like, creative uses of things that are meant to be for something else and yeah you know because because we we think that we know exactly what things are meant to be for you know we're given a toolbox of tools to use this is supposed okay. to be for this this is for that but then i, I love it it's like when somebody takes it and you go wait it's like taking a um it's like taking a fork and using it you know for to, as a bookmark in, in a book. And it's like, I thought you eat with a fork. No, I'm going to make this into a bookmark. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, but, it, but it works. Something yeah, that works. I did stuff every once in a while. I, had, I needed a holder for, for a handkerchief in my uh, suit. So I used a spoon and bend it because I had to improvise. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? You have to use what you can find. That's it. Why not? And That's actually. It's most important that you come up with a solution right away and don't wait too long. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. I actually have many of those jerry rig stories 
<laughs> basically yeah, where because, you know most people they always say if i just have this I, i'm gonna do this and that's why they stop themselves it's just nothing but an excuse you can do anything right away if you want you know what i mean and then when you do it then all of a sudden it turns out into something really special they actually made a study that every person has like several several hundreds ideas throughout his life they never act on them that's why they're they're lying dormant you know they could be all inventors if they wanted to it's just a difference between one between one person they never do anything with it and other people do something with it. i completely agree and i know so many people like that and yeah i would say most of the populations like that because you just be yeah having a conversation with anybody it doesn't have to be a magician and they can go oh wow i had this really great idea for this for this thing in the kitchen or for this thing for my car and then i i bring more out of them and i say well what are you going to do with that idea and they go i don't know it's just a cool idea and i was thinking to myself really but this is like a genius you know this could yeah. be a multi-million dollar idea oh for sure with for most people it, it never clicks like that you know <laughs> yeah but that's that's the difference between the movers and the shakers, the visionaries and the makers. That's you know. You have some some goal in mind. It's a little bit like magic, you know. There's probably ten ways to get there, uh, but if you choose the most simplest and effective one, is the best, you know. <laughs> and sometimes gaffer tape is the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just some tape, some some glue, and and that's really it. You just put things together and. Right. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, the, most of my gimmicks are like used to be like very easily made and stuff like that, and they last forever. And then when I sometimes started to sell them, I try to make it more professional looking, and then all of a sudden you get all these problems which you never had when it was never, <laughs> never professional, but it worked better. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like sticking basic shapes together. It's like you need a tube, and you need a a square. Right, right. <laughs> and it's and that work, functions yeah. and you tape it together and then and then it works whereas you try to make the yeah yeah right. it's it's like um it's like a car sometimes you know sometimes the old-fashioned simple cars are the ones with the least amount of problems but then you get a really expensive car the ones with all the bells and whistles right for every bell and whistle on that car they have little motors little sensors yeah. that can break and you know one Pretty little much. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one little sensor breaks and it throws off everything else, where in reality, you probably didn't even need that sensor. You just need you need some wheels, you need some yeah. fuel, <laughs> and uh, you know, a safe way to get from point A to point B. And then everything right. else is a bonus. Everything so, else is a bonus, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, going back to this... Uh, first thing that you made let's let's actually talk about the um the triangle thing because i think that's really cool was there a particular reason why you made it or was it just this random thing no i saw you... it had potential to do that and then it was fairly easy to create a triangle and then that's how it how it went with a triangle so it's uh you know it fell into place and then i called it the bermuda triangle <laughs> and had a little story about it and then and then it vanished. <laughs> okay. So it's kind of, kind of cool. Sim simple enough, easy enough. Uh, and was there anything specific that you learned from making it 
and we can we can reference both the camera for the client and this Bermuda Triangle. You know, you go through these experiences making things like it's a custom thing for a special occasion or it's this random idea that you have and then usually after you make it you find there's a lot of lessons that you learn from making that thing. Oh sure, I mean you find out more shortcuts and stuff like that, how to build it better and all that stuff, that's for sure. But yeah, I mean, when you create something, see, most of my creations I create because I, I needed them for myself. That's that's how everything got, got started. And you know what? Honestly, if I would have never come to America, I would have never, ever sold any of my stuff hmm. because it was just at the end. When I first got here, it was really hard for me to find a job uh, as a magician. Why? Because I was already used to making $1,500 an hour for close-up in Germany. And here they were charging 10 bucks. And I, I just said, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden I started to do lectures and uh, starting to sell my my knowledge. And that took all of a sudden off. You know what I mean? Then you get into that comfort zone where you think like, well, maybe that's another thing I could do. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, I'm like more and more going back to just only perform and try to do the most because I'm kind of tired of all these people copying my stuff anyway. And, uh, you know, why, why should I put effort in, in all that and then get ripped off, you know? That is the, seems to be the continual plight of the creator. Yeah. It's like, yeah, uh, at the end of the day, let all these copies come up with ideas. Obviously they don't have any, that's why they copy in the first place. You know what I mean? But that's like with, all the creators I'm talking, Kevin James or other people, same thing. They're, they're all fed up with it because there's no no loyalty in it. There's, I don't know. These people think they're doing the right thing by copying other people. I don't know, you know? And then right. when I hear like, uh, well, that's uh, the greatest flattery if you get copied because that means it must be good. Yeah, but it's only said by people who have never been copied. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. If you actually create like something and you put like 10, 20 years of your life in it, it doesn't feel so good if somebody just steals it. You know what I mean? I but do. they don't see it like stealing. Why? Because there's no law for it. Okay. Right. If, you, if you steal $1,000 out of a bank, my personal opinion that shouldn't even be uh, judged very harsh because it's not a big deal, really, in comparison to what other people do on a daily basis, and they 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 have nothing to fear. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, so your your opinion is that intellectual property is worth more than the actual money itself? Oh, for sure, because that's where the money money is coming from. You know, if you create something, yeah, that's actually generating the money and can generate it for everybody. If everybody would do the right thing, everybody would be okay. Like for instance, these dealers, I don't understand why do they even sell any copy? They make more money if they sell the original. And everybody sells the original, there won't be any copies out there. You know, because they get only like their forty percent of of whatever they sell. So if you buy something from China. Even if it's like here, let's say a hundred dollars in China, it's it's twenty. They 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 sell it for a little bit more from the twenty, but they won't make any money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so. it's yeah, it's it's kind of the same as as just the booking any service industry in the sense yeah. that people think that by lowballing it, they right. are helping the client, and in the short term, I guess they are by helping the client mm -hmm. save money but in the long term it 
brings the market down, just brings the whole market down. And then it, and then it's very difficult for anyone to charge more if they ever wanted to, because right. now all the customers are used to paying next to nothing. So right. um, that's yeah. pretty much what it is next to nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the short term, you get short term savings, but at the cost of long term respect of just the industry. Yes, um, for sure. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, if some, somebody puts 10, 20 years of their life into something and then it just um, can be easily snatched up at, let's say, $10 when, when the uh, originator. Yeah, because a lot of things take a long, long time to come up with the idea, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you were to really compress it in certain things, you could, you could do in five minutes, but that's not happening in the real world. Some, some of these little improvements you make take sometimes years. You know, and just happen sometimes by accident or whatever, and then it takes uh, a sharp mind to pick out what what is good, what is bad, and put it all together, and then and then that's it. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and then you, of course, you know, most of the amateur magicians they just buy tricks, 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 tricks because they perform for their friends and family, and so they can never really master anything. That's the problem, you know, because they don't ever put the time in what it would take to master something. You know that's I mean? that's correct. I'm, al- yeah. Although I do have to say there there's a market for that. I mean, not all uh, magicians have to be full-time pros. There's probably a right. lot more exactly. hobbyists right. than pros. Yeah, um, and that's it's totally legitimate because they don't have the approach to get really great. You know what I mean? They just want to have a little bit of fun with it and exciting, yeah. and, you know. Yeah, and of course I can understand their point of view if there's like let's say my uh, lowest model of a floating table is like seven hundred dollars, and then you can buy a table for like I don't know hundred dollars from China. You know they think, well, let's try this and do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the consequences, what they don't see is that you know a lot of people uh, doing that, and all of a sudden nobody buys the original anymore, and then that's it. So why why did he create it in the first place? You know, kind of thing. Mm. And the saddest thing, really, about all of this is uh, not so much that there's even copies out there, but the saddest thing is that everybody knows now how it's done. Because mm. if it would be like the olden days, you know, if I would have just sold the table to one individual or I don't know to hundreds of them, they would have not gone to a thousand other people and tell them how it's done but these days it is exactly like that one guy buys it goes to the next meeting shows everybody how it's done just to brag uh what he found or whatever you know what i mean but that destroys the magic completely it destroys the i guess the and of uh, course with youtube now everything is on youtube you know i don't even know you know it's it's crazy yeah yeah and that that's a whole that can be a whole other bag of worms can of beans whatever to to open that that's that's a very controversial topic there's i mean i just saw something today where um a guy on social media got a got a message from a a high school student thanking him for uh teaching some basic uh card magic on his youtube channel and and this boy won uh the high school talent contest and uh, he got a little extra money and he came from a like a low income area so you know it's kind of like it's a slippery slope it's like well 
was the exposure of magic actually a good thing in that case? Maybe it was. You know, it made made his life a little bit better. Right. It's right. hard to it's hard to say. Hard to draw the line, I guess. It's, yeah. it's a hard line to draw, but I but I do have to agree that I mean the simple the simple act of supporting the creators for sure uh, is the only way to motivate the creators to keep creating and keep making right. these wonderful things. That's pretty basic to understand. Yeah. 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 Normally you would think so, but the most you simplest would... things in life are the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's like easier said than done. Anybody can say it, but actually live it and practice it. That's a whole other ball game. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing what you know now, uh, was there anything, any advice you would give your younger self to prevent that younger Lysander from making the mistakes that he did earlier on? I, uh, you know, most of them, I, I wouldn't even say it was mistakes. Everything has a benefit. I'm just saying out of the perspective where I am right now, right. I would probably never, never sold this table again. You know, not because I don't want to share it. Maybe right. I would have been more selective. I don't know, because I think like a lot of, first of all, when you create something, your heart and soul is in it, really. And then when somebody even buys the original and doesn't put any effort into it, then uh, performs it, you know, whenever you see something, you feel kind of weird because it's, what is he doing with this effect, you know? So it takes a long time before you actually detach from it. You have to literally detach and say, okay, I, it's no, no, no longer mine. It's, you know, it's what it is and everybody yeah. can do what they do. But yeah, I mean, the most important thing, I think, you know, I, first of all, I don't think you can just say I'm, I'm becoming a creator and magic. I think, like I said at the very beginning, you work on something for a long, long time. And then all of a sudden you see, hey, this could be maybe a little bit better or different or whatever. And then you work with that and then one leads to the next and maybe uh, the next great illusion comes out of that. You know what I mean? Because everything is based on on something was what was already there. The magic is a little bit like uh, the music industry. There's only like eight notes. You can vary with those notes. And of course, it's amazing how much you can create out of it. In a way, magic is way more limited than, than the music, but it's a little bit similar. You pick this, this, and this, and then you look at three different things. You combine them into something. All of a sudden, something else pops up. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's the most important thing. I would just focus on what they right now need for themselves and make that better or make it more so it fits their needs better, I should say, you know, and uh, and then do that. I mean, the truth is, I mean, right now I'm I'm performing a lot because I'm having my own theater here in Vegas and, and usually I do like up to three shows a day. And at the beginning, my biggest problem was sometimes I had to perform for one or two people because there were just not many bookings. But now it's different. But back then it was. So my hour show shrunk to like, I don't know, 40 minutes <laughs> because of the lack of applause and all that stuff. But then I, you know, took effects like so-called classics, like one of them is the egg bag, you know. Yep. What a powerful effect that is. And, you know, most people overlook it. And then, but I've done this in my earlier years in magic and I thought, hey, why don't I put it in? And then when I did it, I realized how powerful this trick is. You know what I mean? And, and so Tell there's Jeff many- Hobson, it's not a classic, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there's many of these illusions uh, where 
that's why they're called classics. My table became a classic because it's just even if somebody performs it incredibly bad, <laughs> it is still great. <laughs> it, it, that's what it is. The, the, the audience will still enjoy it. You know what I mean? And so I think for the young magicians, that's the most important thing. Just pick something what is already magical. Okay, you can make magic out of anything you want but it takes a long, long time. But then there are certain effects. They have already the magic sort of built into it. It's and proven if you, the test of time. Yeah. If you go with something like that, you get way faster to, to a higher plateau because then you don't have to worry about all that stuff. And then create something on top of that and you have all of a sudden something fantastic. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know, um, I know uh, one of the people that, one, one of the, not one of the i'll edit this one of the uh one of my teachers one of the more prolific magicians and teachers of magic jeff mcbride who you know and you've you've been to his school and right. taught as a guest uh, lecturer many times he, he yeah. talks about that you know he, he says when you're starting out and has to specify when you're starting out it's okay to you know get the pre-made stuff and just just build your list that way and and work For sure. off it definitely off. is okay. Yeah. It, I think even if you are a professional, because you know what? There's a, a, a lot of really good professional magicians out there, but they have two left hands if it comes to building. You know what I mean? They can't just build anything. And so it's always okay to buy something from somebody. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure, sure there's, sure. there's no harm in it because not everybody can do everything. I'm in the unique position where I'm actually a pretty good performer and also had lots of good ideas but like i said i never created these ideas with a premise of selling them in the first place they just came to me because i needed them you know what i mean at the time yeah yeah and uh, you know like with a table a table used to be a floating fryer because i was working for a company who, who promoted their latest fryer you know what i mean tefal was a company and that's how i created basically the table and nobody wants to see a floating fryer so i explored what can I do what actually would maybe be interesting with the same idea same effect but different object and I came with a table you know what I mean so it grew into it uh, slowly but steady and one thing led to another and uh, uh, when you see the the very original that didn't look like it looks right now you know what I mean so that's like the good part when you learn from somebody who has already gone through all the mishaps you can have possibly have you start already on a way higher plateau you know what I mean? right right and because i think you have to do it all by yourself then you need 20 years <laughs> you know what i mean that's it <laughs> just 20 yeah. years of your life nothing big it's no big deal yeah 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 <laughs> because that's how long it takes because it's you know but if you use uh, or work with teachers together, like Jeff McBride or even myself or many others who teach magic, then they can guide you already in the right direction because they have already gone through all that stuff. But however, their students, they're not really receptive. They want to do what they want to do. That's fine too. You know what I mean? Yes. And some people uh, have to learn the hard way, you know? <laughs> so. Bye-bye. By falling and getting up, or falling and continually hitting their face, or breaking their head open until, until they, yeah. uh, you know, stop repeating okay. the same pattern. Exactly. <laughs> now, I, I think it's important also to mention, just to touch on the fact that um, you had two 
from what I know of, of you and your story and your career, you had two, actually no, you had three, three major inspirations in your career, right? I would say the first was Salvano, right? Yeah, Finn John, Salvano, Finn John's and Tommy Wonder. Tommy Wonder, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. and, and uh, it's important to also mention that the, the whole, the, is it, and correct me if I'm wrong, I just want to make sure this is truthful and accurate. The floating table and, or just the core concept of that was inspired by Tommy Wonder, correct? Well, yes and no. Okay. Okay. I always admired Tommy Wonder's floating birdcage. And, okay. Uh, and that was like, uh, why? Because it's basically a zombie principle, but where everything makes sense. The class makes sense and everything else makes sense. Right. And then, so based on that, I was always wondering what could I use? What other object would there be where everything makes sense? And then it led me to the table. But his gimmick, whatever he created there, was not practical for that object, not at all, because the way it's, it's mounted in the birdcage and the table is completely different and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. um, I basically had to redefine everything he had created, you know what I mean, and, and completely restructure it and then created basically the table out of it. He never had an idea with a floating table or nothing. He had the birdcage. He never even had the idea with a floating ball. That was my idea. But that came actually out of the table later on. But then later on, we collaborated together with it. Mm -hmm. What he did have the idea is of hinging the gimmick. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is, of course, uh, was a big breakthrough. However, if you're really good with a zombie ball, you don't need it at all. You can do the same effect with just a classic zombie. And there's a great book from Al Schneider. He had fantastic ideas and he does a fantastic zombie ball routine in that book. And um, basically it looks, it can look just as good. Like if it were to be hinged, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. But, and, and so you're saying but, Al's doing all this cool stuff with just the standard. Yeah. Off right, the shelf. Exactly. That, that's where Tommy Wonder got it inspired. Okay. And, and then the problem with that is once you change the object, that's when you need it. When you don't go round anymore, then all of a sudden you need to have need uh, to upgrade it. A, a hinge because otherwise whenever you move, the whole thing moves. The ball does the same thing. The ball constantly moves like this, but because it's round, you can't see it. Right. That's why it doesn't need to be hinged. It can just be the regular zombie ball. And if I do a zombie routine, I mean, it can look as good as the table with a classic gimmick. Right. But that takes a lot of practice. Lots, lots of practice. <laughs> Which it's, most magicians are not willing to put in. <laughs> that is correct. It's, it's, yeah. it's, one, of those, it's one of those really, uh, it, it's a very simple thing, but it's the, uh, well, it's like a lot of, a lot of methods. The Everything method, is kind yeah. of simple once it's created. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, with all of it is, um, until you create it, nobody has a clue. Right. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think it's that's, only 50% of the equation, really. I mean, you have, you have your method, you have your thing that's designed yeah. to do this thing. But then the other 50% or more, it's up to the performer. It's up to the person and their, oh. their innate motor skill ability. For sure. I would definitely say it's maybe even more than than 50% because yeah, probably yeah yeah so but 
it's okay. You know, everybody has to go through this. And, and the, the fun part is you can't speed up a process either. You can, from a teacher point of view, you can tell them where they want to be, but they have to get there on their own. You cannot ever bring somebody directly where they, they should be. Or So sometimes it takes years for somebody to understand what's important. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and I over do. time you get there. Yes. So really grow into it. <laughs> grow into you know? it and really work on it and really be serious about it. Uh, magic naturally has an inherently low barrier for entry. Yes. And that's that's good and bad. You know, it's good to it's good because it it will allow people who have never had any experience with it before to to get a, an intro introduction without getting frustrated. That's the good right. news. Right. right, that is a good And then if that student is then serious about taking it further, they can take it upon him or herself to, to put in the work like you're talking about to become a oh, real yeah. magician per se. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. I guess the bad thing about it is that be because of that low barrier for entry, it's very easy to, to, abuse the, <laughs> to abuse the powers and go out and just buy something and then just say, you know, say that you're amazing, which... Uh, right. Yeah, that, that's not going to last that long, I guess. That, that no, that's right. Yeah. But it's okay, like right. you said. It takes all kinds of people to make the world go round. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And there's there's magic for every skill level, and uh, not everybody that picks and, up magic. And that's good because not everybody can start, you know, as a pro on a professional level. They all need to go through all the the stuff and. Yes. I remember when I started, there were lots of ups and downs and <laughs> things, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody. that's how it goes. That's yeah. how it goes. That's all good. Uh, tell us about something that you have recently made. If there's something that you're, you're okay with sharing without, of course, revealing any methods, maybe you could chat about the effect or what it looks well, like. Well, recently, or... I, I would still think like the vanishing table is pretty recent. Uh, I had the idea right from the get-go when I created the floating table that it would be maybe good to vanish it at the end. And then it took me literally 30 years to come up with the idea mm. because the floating table is one of those illusions you can perform in somebody's living room. And um, from all angles, they can be fully surrounded. It's actually the perfect grand illusion, if you want to say that, because there's no limitation really for this table, unless you perform outside, it's too windy or something. But other than that, you can do it anywhere. And so all the methods who were on the market, they did not work for the idea of vanishing this table, simply for the fact that you always needed more space or needed a stage or needed special lighting conditions and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I didn't want to add something to a perfect illusion where it all of a sudden becomes imperfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's Good. why it took so long. And then when, once I had the idea, I created it, made a little video. I had no, no real idea how to really perform it yet, but I made a video and I showed it to Jeff Hobson because I just signed a long, a long contract for the cruise ship uh in on the getaway for the illusionarium back then yes and he says yeah we definitely want this in the show and then okay i did about 10 shows before i got on that cruise ship got the general <laughs> idea how i want to do it but then doing over two and a half thousand shows on that ship really uh ma i really mastered the effect during that time frame and uh, so then yeah recently i also started to sell that one but only very little and i don't want to have big quantity out there 
I agree to, with something like yeah. that. That's that's the kind of thing I would yeah. think is a little less little less forgiving than the the floating table that that I mean you the person right. has to be really serious when they're doing that particular effect they there's they can't screw that one up it's gotta you gotta right. do it right yeah and I'm doing it every night in the show and it's a very small theater and people are floored because they can see something that big literally like three feet away you know which is the strength I think everything in magic anyway plays so much better if you can do it up close even even big illusions. There's, there are some you can do it, like one of them is the table, but there's others too. Mm -hmm. Some of them are pretty good. Like for instance, if you see the origami, you can come pretty close, but not really that close, uh, which I experienced on the ship because it was a very up-close environment. And mm. if you have sharp eyes, they can still see something, you know what I mean? So, mm. But there's many other great illusions you can do really close. And I think if you do them that close, they they are really, really strong then. Yes. But yes. on a big stage, they always say you can do anything there, you know. But right. up close, different ball game, yeah. Yeah, the, I, th I think the the effectiveness of really anything diminishes for the, fur the further you travel back, the the believability kind of diminishes because, like you said, the further away, oh well, he has to do it that far away so we can't see yeah, whatever. Exactly. And yeah, that's the thing. That's oh yeah. <laughs> so that's my latest creation, I would say. Um, yeah, pretty much from what I've come up lately. That's pretty much it. Vanishing <laughs> table. Well, that's pretty. It's a pretty massive contribution to the art. It's a pretty big uh, breakthrough. Yeah, it is. yeah, I think so. I think yeah. it's it's one of those legendary epic things that's uh, going to go down in the history book with your name on it. Yeah. But you know, it's it's all relative, you know. <laughs> We're here to enjoy the moment, I think. You know, who cares about history? I, you know what I mean? <laughs> when you're I, dead, well, when you're dead, nobody I don't even think you will, you know, experience anything from that. <laughs> I, the the only the only probably the best thing out of it might be that if there is some recorded history of it, you could probably inspire the future generation. That's that's uh, for sure, and that's why yeah. I originally started to sell my ideas to make the magic better. You know what I mean? Because magic can only get better if there is some new ideas out there to make it better. You know what I mean? If if you hog them up, then nothing will happen. You know. That's true. That's but, true. Okay, are there um, are there any? Well, I mean, I I we we've known each other for a while, so I probably think I know yeah. the answer to this one. But just for our viewers and listeners, what uh, maker techniques? And by maker techniques, I think you know that in in the U.S. here they call it makerspace movement. It's just people doing DIY, creating their own stuff using different skills, whether it be on the right. computer right. or handiwork skills. So, what maker techniques? Lysander, would you say you are best at? Well, you know, I do mainly everything out of wood, so woodworking skills, I would say. <laughs> That's skills. It. Yeah. And did you much. um, did you uh, learn some of that from your dad? I know your dad was kind of in. No, not that. not really. Okay. I mean, uh, I had um, when I was younger. I I was. Uh, it, uh, in the electronic business, but it came with two years of 
uh, working with metal and stuff like that is pretty much the same. I mean, it's just harder to work with metal than it is with wood because it's a harder material. But that's where I got mainly all the skills I'm using right now. Really? And then, so of course, we developed some skills, my father and myself, by building the tables, which is more like, you know, in the realm of like uh, model airplane building type stuff, you know what I mean? But other than that, yeah, that's that's how it goes. Sometimes you do something, you never know where it's good for. <laughs> right. So this is interesting. So you're saying you you are in the computer industry? Yeah, uh, I learned. Uh, were you building PCs or were you? Not not back then. They, it, when I started, they, it was a company that made, um, how do you say? Yeah, you could say computers for the tex textile industry to dye clothes. Okay. And there's a whole process involved that the color is always the same color and stuff like that. Okay. Automated process. And they were uh, creating these, um, uh, yeah, you could say computers for it. For it yeah. So industrial machines. Industrial machines, yeah. Got yeah. it. Got it. So yeah, so there was a little bit of metal work involved in my three and a half years of learning. This is over there. It's different than here. Here you go to school and then you go directly in a job and that's it. There you have to. You almost become like an um, uh, apprentice, you know, and you learn anything pretty much. You learn for at least two and a half, but most of the time, three and a half years. And then you have your general skill level and then you can still get your master degree in whatever you want to do, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which I, is I, good. I mean, for instance, uh, over here, it takes about eight, eight weeks to become a police officer over there. It takes almost four years. Wow. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> different, different, uh, different everything. Right. Different everything, yes, of course. Yeah, everything. <laughs> they, they have they have different uh, <laughs> approach, Dif -dif different standards. <laughs> Hold on one second. I sure. move very quick and have to open the door here very quickly. Okay. Somebody at the door. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm the only one here. <laughs> I understand. Okay. So well, yeah. I mean, the it's like the skill level is better over there. Why? Because you, let's say you learn how to lay tiles. You not only learn how to lay a specific type of tile or whatever, you learn really the fundamental business and which is great because then all of a sudden you can actually create when you have that fundament, fa fundamental knowledge. It's like if you are a magician, you have a general education about all the magic period, you then can actually start creating. Because mm. if you only know card tricks, what do you want to create? Card tricks, because yeah. that's card what you know. That's it. But if you have a general thing, you can even come up with better card tricks because most of these things could lead into something if you wanted to create card tricks uh, where you would, wouldn't even think as a card magician that you could even do that. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's, that's where it really gets interesting. So, you're so the more just... broader of an understanding you have in magic, the more you can create. And the better and easier you can create. I agree, and I, I also would would say that that transfers over to to when people are doing any type of building or making of anything. It it helps to, I mean, it's always good to specialize. You know, if somebody can specialize and they find something that they're really good at, then fine, yeah. good on them. However, it yes. is nice. Yeah, I, yeah, like you said, specializing is really good, but 
it's nice to have it's nice to have a fundamental knowledge i think uh, yeah. the whole medical industry is a perfect example of course nobody can know about the heart about the brain about everything fundamental but if they were to have more of a general understanding how the human body is actually functioning and of course they know the general thing i'm not saying uh, somebody who is working on a heart has no clue but i'm saying if they would have a broader understanding yeah yeah they would probably treat certain illnesses way different Yes, one hundred percent, and it's yeah. now coming to the point where you have to learn uh, what pill you have to subscribe <laughs> to somebody <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, it's like okay, how about eat better? Or <laughs> well, there's it depends, like that, depends, you know, which which uh, which, which what you would like to what you choose to subscribe to, what type of knowledge right. you choose to. What type of I, path I, you choose to follow? There's different paths. I, I think a doctor told me once they have about 20 minutes of education of uh, food in their whole entire studies. And I think that's kind of sad. You know what I mean? If that's really the case, that is pretty messed yeah. up because I yeah, think uh, yeah. they, could, they could benefit a lot more <laughs> just from knowing more, like right. you said, about, about these other sure. aspects and venues. You could treat the patient yeah. better. You can treat your art better. You can treat your... Your end product yeah, that you're building better. See, the more you know in magic, the more you come to the conclusion that everything is the same. Everything uh, falls under the same rules. Doesn't matter if you're a carpenter, uh, 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 I don't know, like a painter or anything. It's the same. The rules apply. You have to first learn your fun fundamental uh, knowledge, and then Foundation. of course you have to tweak it and tweak it and tweak it until it becomes second nature. That's where it has to be. You can, somebody needs to wake you up and need to know what to do. You know what I mean? Yes. And only then you can be at your best because if you have to think too much before you do it, it's it doesn't come natural. And then people see it's not natural and then it's not as good, you know? <laughs> yes. Not not genuine. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, what about any, are there any maker techniques besides woodworking? Any Any other techniques and tricks and tips that you're interested in learning about this year or perhaps in the future anything that you you think you might be uh, exploring different ways of making things well see uh, i always have the approach when i have a problem then i started to study what i can use to fix that problem you know what i mean <laughs> that's how i usually operate okay. i'm not really seeking general for building skills or whatever when i want okay. to build something and then i i ran into a point where i don't know exactly how to build it then i do further research or find people who know it who can teach me something that's how i like to work okay so your focus is woodworking and you're saying if there's something that you come across making in yeah. the future that requires another subset of skills. You're totally open to that. It's just uh, until then, you're you're basically happy with what you right. got. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. But you know, because I'm really my 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 goal is not really to invent. That's not my goal. I'm not, you know, even if I have invented, probably like up to I think like seven or eight. Uh, really cool things in magic where I can really say that's all my creation but it was never my intention to do that it's a side effect a side effect of my passion for magic side effect of, for my passion of being on stage and 
uh, do the best I can do in front of an audience. Meaning that's what it is. Okay, that's that's all well said. Good point. Just uh, doing it for the the practicality's sake. Yeah. Right. Right. But yes. you know, then I uh, where I do have joy is if I come up with something new. Let's say with that vanishing table, and I've created the first one, and it was all of a sudden amazingly there in front of me and i'm saying wow that's really cool <laughs> you know but now if you have to reproduce that there's not much joy for me in it my father had that he was the one who, who really got joy out of building all of these tables without him i probably would have never sold as many either because i would have been too lazy to make them all <laughs> no lazy is not the right word i don't get joy out of it i can i'm not lazy by any means but uh you know what i mean it's like uh, For, the reason why I like magic is because the audience changes. So there's always something different, even if you do the same. Right, right, with, right. With, with a building skill, it's not like that. Because unless you build different things, and that's what I'm referring to, then I have joy in it. But if I have to repeat the same thing, I don't have that much joy. Got it. Know? It becomes more like a yeah. machine and automated right. rather than a creative exercise of of the exactly. fantasies and ideas in your mind that you can make real right, right. yeah yeah right yeah yeah there's there's a lot of people um i uh, i believe uh xavier mortimer told me that he has that problem in the sense that he's got so many great ideas and as he conquers each one he's he's like he conquers one thing he's done with that now he moves on to yeah. the next thing and he he said he felt it was a a problem for him because some of the other stuff that he had done in the past that he would became bored with could have been actually even more commercially successful had he continued to oh, nail down sure. on that. Very often that's the case, yeah. Like I said, that effect I described at the beginning could probably be very commercialized, but I just never had uh, the urge to really go deeper into it. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe I will one day, yeah. Right, but, right. I understand. What, what about, um, and maybe you have already mentioned this, was there anything that you had designed in the past? We talked about recently, which was the vanishing table. Yeah, yeah. Right. What about something in the past? Maybe something before, uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, whenever you started designing things, is there, you have a favorite in mind from the past? Early Lysander. Favorite, a favorite thing? Well, I, of course, I love all the stuff I do with bubbles. And, okay. And uh, that was a very, very long and slow process because for many factors, A, you have to create that bubble solution until I actually figure out how to do that and have it consistent. That took a little bit of pressure out, but then the, it's again with everything else. The bubble solution helps. It's maybe 30%, but then the rest is just skill level. So you have to encounter that. And once you have that, then you keep going. But what I liked about the idea is that it does not look like a trick. It doesn't look like a magic trick. When you float a bubble and command it where to go and where to uh, respond to and go back and forth and stuff like that, like I'm doing my show, mm -hmm. um, it almost looks like you're manipulating this with your mind. Of course, you're not. But let's say, I mean, 90% of people who watch me, they say this has nothing to do with tricks. This is real, you know, but it, of course it isn't. But um that's the fascinating part about bubbles because everybody knows them. They're fragile and they know they pop immediately. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
so that makes it so interesting when you work with that and uh, so yeah i i was inspired by finn john that was probably my first uh, intervention with with a teacher in magic uh, and he taught me pretty much not really no actually he didn't teach me too much but he showed me the techniques and then i did what he did and then the best thing he could have ever done to me after I sent him a video, I said, this is all fine and dandy, but you're doing exactly what I'm doing. And if you want to become your own, you need to create something on your own. Yes. Use that knowledge and make something else out of it. And that's how I created then the stuff people know right now from me, or what I do with bubbles. And uh, I even gave him an idea, which everybody thinks it's Finn John, but I actually created it here. Uh, he, I don't know if it's so well known, but... He works with cigars, smokes, and all that stuff, and fills mm -hmm. uh, bubbles with smoke. Mm -hmm. And very early in my experience with bubbles, well, you most people know that I produce that rose in the bubble. Yes, yes. Like this. So um, that that beans. trick came after the trick I'm just describing because the original one was that I had basically um, a little looked like a little uh, pedestal, right? Like this this tall uh -huh. and. Uh, Inside was a light, okay? And then when you were filling a bubble with smoke, you landed it on there and I could flip a switch and it lit up. Mm. And then you could take a light bulb out of it. I mean, you basically popped the bubble and had a light bulb. Oh, nice. Turned it up, turned the light bulb. So my idea, and that I gave that to, to him and he, he was using it, or I still used it on a big stage. I never really did it because I'm not a smoker. I, I never filled smoke in the bubbles. And so it did never look that great without the smoke. And so mm. I, I handed him basically that, that, that trick, but that was kind of interesting. And I always enjoyed it <laughs> to come up with stuff like that. I believe I remember seeing that in his act. It was a very weird, unexpected moment, right? Because, you know, it's smoke oh, yeah. and, right. and uh, yes. it's like heavy and, and warm yeah, yeah. and uh, natural with, the, with the, right. the tobacco. And then all of a sudden there's this sharp harsh yeah. light bulb right. right yeah 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 yeah. exactly so so that was kind of cool so sometimes you know people help each other you know he sh showed me a lot and then i gave him something back which is nice you know i mean that's yeah, how that's it great. should be guys yeah that's really great but uh, i had other effects with bubbles where i worked literally for like months and months and months and they never really made it they did make it on stage but then i took it out again because it was impractical I always was fascinated. There's a guy uh, who does blow up these bubbles with his hands. He goes with the entire hand in bubble solution and blows them up. So he can actually touch bubbles because everything is already like this bubble juice and stuff. There was one illusion he did where a big uh, bubble uh, slowly shrunk in midair. You know what oh, I mean? Looked really cool. cool. But in order to do that, without getting your fingers wet it's kind of complicated so i came up with a great great uh, idea but it was always very iffy so i never did but it worked out but uh so basically i i had like a little ring made out of a piece of uh thicker um how do you call it thread and i attached that to the bubble and then when you pop that the bubble doesn't pop it just lets out air know what i mean so it's like a it's like when you don't tie off a balloon it's just that little open right exactly so then it shrinks in midair looks kind of cool but i never never really pursued it because it was just too fumbly and <laughs> yeah and bubbles yeah. bubbles are uh 
they're they're not that forgiving. I mean, you've figured out no. some workarounds, but like when a bubble pops, it pops. It pops exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just yeah. either it's popped or it's not. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So the trick oh, is well. keeping, preventing yes. it from popping for as long as possible, keeping that bubble alive. Right. That's your number one job. Let's uh, let's switch to how about what about the biggest DIY fail of all time that you've ever had what do you think biggest fail like uh whether it be prop building or yeah having something to do with something that you created of course without revealing any uh methods you know like for instance i'll give you an example uh episode one mario the maker magician he's known for um marcel the monkey it's this little uh, cute robotic monkey and he was performing a big show on stage and uh something about it it it, the vibration on the table, he fe- the monkey fell off the table and it fell to the ground and just shattered to a bunch of pieces. Yeah. Right when he was in the middle I mean, of I have, the routine. I have several mishaps happened, but I can't really say them because I, w- I would need to talk reveal. about the real stuff. But I remember when I was like about 14 or 16 years old and I was doing like a show in a restaurant for like a birthday I think it was a birthday, either a birthday or a wedding, but I believe it was a birthday. And I had one of those tables. It was a folding table, okay, which was normally used outdoors. Back then, I didn't have really that specific tables for myself. Okay. All my stuff was on there, you know. Uh, I had like uh, milk on it, bottles and all kinds of stuff, silks, everything. So okay. you can imagine. Just before I got on stage, I just wanted to double check and I just leaned a little bit on this table and something must have not 100% been locked. The whole table fell on the floor <laughs> with everything. All the silks were full with milk and all that stuff. Oh, no. But I, I had to recover pretty quick and then, you know, I said that was my, that was my, my big opening. I said, oh, <laughs> that's no good. Yeah. But hey, it worked out good at the end. But it was like at the time, oh my God, I was thinking the whole world is crushing under me. Yes. I, I, you know, I, I figured it out. I, I, I still did a good show, show, but it was very challenging. Maybe that very was inspiration for starting to build your own tables. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, could so have been. Rely yeah. on that other crap, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, am I am I uh, correct with assuming that it was? Because I've had a similar experience. They're, they call them sandwich tables, where the legs exactly. are like this. Yeah, similar. Was, yeah, it wasn't really hooked in. Yeah. Yeah, and when you yeah, lift the, up the table, <laughs> if you yeah. lift up just the top, it like undoes, and then the whole undoes, top will be yeah. like this. Yeah, similar to that. Yes. Oh similar. my goodness, that's happened yeah. so many times to me. Yeah, I know, terrible. And I've. Oh well, you learn, <laughs> live and learn. <laughs> <laughs> and I stopped using those tables too, by the way, uh, right, right, yeah, because of that yeah. reason. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what about, the, um, you probably had this happen many times to you. Has there ever been anything that you created by accident? You were just tinkering with something and then accidentally you went, oh, wh- yeah. oh wait, a- that's really cool. Oh, yeah. I had, I had uh, my dancing handkerchief. And if you know it, it makes all kinds of movements mm-hmm. and unusual movements, which cannot be done with anything else. And the problem with that was like um, I had a show and something came undone. And all of a sudden it was about to really fall off. Right. 
but it had done all these weird motions. And my dad says, that was the best performance ever. And I said, what are you talking about? I almost screwed up the whole entire trick. He says, no, 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 you have to figure out how do you can do this all the time without problems. And that created basically the version I was using on stage, yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's great, because probably what the original thing was meant to be more uh, rigid, if I can say. Yeah, right, exactly, more static. Mine more static. can actually say no and twist and all that stuff, yeah. So, yeah, so I created that out of a mishap, for sure, yeah. <laughs> See? There you Mishaps go. Mishaps happen and good things come out of it. <laughs> And that is if you can recognize those things. Yeah, right. Some people, exactly. some people yeah. they just flip out when the thing gets broken. They just go, oh, now I got to throw it out. Where right. before throwing, you know, I think this is a lesson for all of us. Before throwing that thing out, you might want to take a second look at it. Maybe put it down. Exactly, yeah. And come back right. to it in a few days and go, wait a second. I can use this. I can exploit yeah. this thing that just broke. Or right, right. Whatever. Right. Sometimes you give up on things and then you bring them back. One of my uh, things I always wanted to do were the billiard balls. And uh, I don't know, I did it in an amusement park for like 300 shows and didn't really click and I took them out. Now with the pandemic happening and I needed more material, I said, what the heck? I mean, I was always pretty good with them. Why don't I put them back in? And now, now they're permanently back in the show and they look actually fantastic. So <laughs> really, sometimes it takes some time in between until you actually uh, feel more comfortable with certain things, I guess. Right. So now I'm opening oh. the show with it. So really? Cool. Yeah. Oh, well, people are in for a surprise then, you know, especially magicians. They go, oh, we're going to see Lysander. Wait, wait, Lysander does billiard balls? Where the heck did Oh, you see from? lots of things. There were, there's other things I'm, I'm doing in the show. Well, I mean, they turn into real good pieces and some of them are really easy to do, but they, they turn into like major pieces. <laughs> so they definitely should come see the show. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and we're going to, we're going to give uh, viewers and listeners a chance to find out how they can see that show and where to go. Um, right. What, uh, what inspired you to be a, a maker? Was it just out of the need, the, the utility factor that you were, wanting to do something so specific and you just couldn't buy it in the store was that kind yeah, of yeah pretty much that's that's the main thing and then also in the olden days and it's still pretty much still very often the same thing when you bought something in the olden days especially illusions they were never finished they never really worked some of them you know you have to always do something just a half-baked <laughs> idea right yes and so that's how I got into it. I just perfected them then. And I said, why, why can't it just work when I buy it? <laughs> and that's the beauty about my table. You buy this table, it already floats, you know? I mean, you don't have to reinvent the table until you can actually float it. So I think everything should be like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think everything should. I mean, if somebody buys a product, the whole reason why they're spending yeah. money on that thing is they're, they're buying yeah. it to help solve a problem. They want to do this. Right, right. Or they, they wanted to do And things something. got better. There's a lot of good products on the market where it is like that, but there's still a lot of products out there where it's not like that. I mean, yeah, that's um, usually a product of just getting rushed to the market just to try to make some money kind of thing. Or uh, it could be as simple as they overlooked something and it's just... Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. I've, so that's, it's always good to be a little bit handy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, was there a person, was there a who that inspired you to be a maker? Or was it just 
your own curiosity? Well, basically, my father had, of course, a lot of influence. I mean, he was, at the beginning, the first tables are all made by myself, and then I didn't have that much fun in it, and then he took over the production pretty much. But now I'm on my own again since my father passed away, so right. not that I can't do it. I just didn't want to. I didn't I didn't feel the passion that he has when he builds the, the, the stuff, you know. I understand. So, but um, your dad, that's awesome. Yeah, he definitely inspired me to do that. Sure. Yeah. No, that's great, especially to have it in the family and you don't even have to seek it outside. It's just somebody you grow up with and right. watching them and you go, oh, this is this is kind of interesting. And you decide to pick it up naturally. So right. Right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Is uh, the uh, one of the last questions I had for you is who do you look up in the make who do you look up to in the makerspace if there's anybody in particular and it doesn't even have to be in the magic world it could be a you know i couldn't really 100 percent say that because i'm not really buying a lot of stuff i make my own my own stuff you know well, what about so, but, what about um it, it doesn't like i said it doesn't even have to be in the magic world it can be like an industrial designer it could be somebody like elon musk it could be you know uh -huh. somebody like right, that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I always like how Apple designs their products. That's really cool. I wish I could do that for the magic world, that, that excitement, you know what I mean? When they get the product where it was all the boxing and stuff like that. For me, it's always like this. And that's why we'll never be, be in that league because for me, it needs to be working pretty fast and it needs to be practical you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so that's where i usually then most of the time stop once i reach a point where everything works just fine and i do it like that you know what i mean and there's yeah. of course most products who are now on the market they're selling just because of the box yeah apple's got the some trick nice shit, boxes okay from a hundred tricks coming out on murphy's side there's probably like 99 shit you know what I'm saying? I have to say that it's it's the truth, and the rest is then great. You know what I mean? But they're coming so many out that they're still yearly coming out lots of products who are good. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying there's so much shit out there, but they sell because of the of the nice case. You know, it's it's very easy to uh, be swayed by the packaging for sure, and right. and the successful creators are the ones that deliver the goods all the way through. I just I just jump for joy and usually for weeks or sometimes even months or maybe for the whole year. Like if I find something and I go, wow, this box looks amazing. And then I open it and I go, wow, the product looks amazing. And then I use it and like the thing actually is amazing. And it's yeah, amazing that's, all, that all the way through. And that happens is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a special yeah. day because that's, that's hard to find. Day. Special day. And like I said, there's more and more products out there now who come there. But yeah, there's in the past, there were a lot of things. Oh, my God. How can you even sell that? You know what I mean? Yep. But, <laughs> well, that, hey, you know, it's it's whoever puts out stuff like that. If somebody chooses to do that, they're yeah. just shooting themselves in the foot, you know, because it reflects on their brand, you know. And Right, right. So it's... Uh, you put out good stuff, people will will know you for that. You put out bad stuff, it might might damage a person's yeah. reputation, might hurt future oh, yeah. sales. For sure. So. All right. So, uh -huh. um, yeah. Next to last question: Are is there any are there any resources out there that you would recommend 
uh, to anybody interested in learning more about woodworking or thinking in the creative mindset or, or building things on their own if they decided to go that route? Uh, not really. I, I wouldn't really <laughs> know what to say right now to that one. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> okay. No. Because you, yeah, you just taught yourself, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll cut that question out. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, you're giving me an honest answer. All right. So uh, finally, where can viewers and listeners learn more about Lysander, uh, your products, and the Las Vegas Magic Theater, where you're actually doing it? Is, there's, a, there's a website for lasvegasmagictheatershop.com. That's what it's called. And there you see all the shows we're doing, and you can see the times. It's pretty much every day three shows. And, uh, and then um, the other one is uh, losandamagicllc.com. Okay. Las or losander.com works too. Yes. Okay. We got losander.com, Las Vegas Magic Theater shop. Shop. Dot com. Yeah. And, and, Los uh, and then uh, losandamagicllc.com. Got it, yes. got it. Three places where you can find Lysander. He's probably also on social media if you look up Lysander yeah, on sure. Facebook, Instagram. And uh, yeah, check out Las Vegas <laughs> Magic Theater when you uh, yeah, go to Las Vegas. Check it out. Yeah, it's, all right. Uh, yeah, it's a great place <laughs> to hang. You could see amazing magic within inches of your face. So check it out. And sure. I want to thank you, Lysander, for taking the time out of your day to chat with me here on Making Magic. Thank you. And, yes. uh if you guys enjoy this content, feel free to subscribe to the channel. Feel free to like this video if you like hearing chats like this. Or if you're listening to the sound of our voice on Spotify or any of the podcast apps, feel free to follow the show. So uh, thanks again for your time. And this has been another episode of Making Thank Magic. You. We'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye.